So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is all about business as usual for 2017. Have you got a cold? Who the fuck is this guy? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that switches out its presenters at the last minute because the original presenter hurt her neck. Oh, this is all very meta. It's Antonio Giovinazzi. So, Chica's hurt her neck? Yeah, she did the Race of Champions in Miami and had a ridiculous crash. She told me she was in New York. Is this like when my goldfish died? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that has recognised the lack of men in motorsport and as such has done something about it. Not enough sausage in the paddock, that's what I say. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is definitely faster but almost certainly less exciting than last year, even with me in it. Fatter tyres. That's a bit rude. (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that forces you to listen to a really dull thing when you are the most tired you'll ever be. Let's not have a race where you can't overtake at five in the morning. I'm Ollie Peart and today from the Picturehouse Central swanky rooftop bar we talk about the only Grand Prix to have happened in Australia this weekend. Were Ferrari sandbagging? Did Red Bull bring the anticipated upgrades? Did McLaren underwhelm? Spoiler, no, no, yes. But F1 is back. Everyone is tired and all the cars are the wrong colours. We bring you updates on our new fantasy league. Terry is back with the standings and the state of F1. And there are a few news nuggets for us to chew on. That's all to come. With me is a motoring journalist who's been driving cars because that's all he ever does now. It's Phil Tromans. This week I've been back to my old stomping ground in the Molden Hills, driving the new Land Rover Discovery uh, at night, which was interesting. Through through woods, over rocks, through mud, through really quite deep water. Nobody's going to use it outside of sort of Chelsea, but it's it's really good off road. The Malvern Hills is yes. that the hilliest place near London? It's got history with Land Rover. They've been testing there since the sixties, and and also it's 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 where I'm from, and also from where producer Matt is from, coincidentally. And I think Land Rover just thought, you know, let's let's look after Phil. Let's let's bring all the journalists there. And alongside him is a man whose dentist called him perfect, but Drive Tribe's readers called him a moron who should be hung and quartered. It's Terry Saunders. I've had a day of it today. So <laughs> went to the dentist this morning and checked my mouth like they do. And he said, your teeth are great. And then as I stood up to leave, he just looked at me and went, you're perfect. And oh, wow. shook my hand. Which, looking back now, quite nice. But in Not a small, your teeth are perfect. No, he said, you're perfect. Quote, you're perfect. Wow. So it was quite creepy at the time. Now is this what going to a private dentist is like? I don't know. This is NHS. This, oh. is, this is the way they eat. But then, the state of F1s I've been doing on here, I wrote them up and put them on Drive Tribe, which is, if you don't know, the kind of social network founded by Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, it's what all the kids are doing these days. For, um, you know, for those kind of bed ends. The Formula One official channel, Stroke Tribe, because they've just got too many words, have shared one of my articles, and all day I've been getting abuse from people who 
didn't quite tell that the idea of me saying all drivers should be kicked out of Formula 1 after 10 years was a joke. And I've just got lots of aggressive kind of, this guy knows nothing about Formula 1. What a retard. And it's just, it's horrible. Well, the trouble is when you spend so long being absolutely serious about F1, when you do make a joke, sometimes people just don't get it. I've discovered that the Venn diagram of people who like Formula One and like to take the piss out of it, and people who like cars on Drive Tribe, those two diagrams don't even touch. <laughs> There's nothing there. This, this is that bodes well for our listener numbers, doesn't it? So anyone who's found us from Drive Tribe, welcome and um, get bent. <laughs> that was a nice hello. Hi, <laughs> welcome along. Chico, what have you been up to? Oh, this wow. is weird. I'm, no, I might adopt that name. It's better than Ollie. I think the wig was a little bit too much. <laughs> what are the clothes? No, I like Spot them. Spot on. You're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And I thought, when I got told I had to deliver some kind of anecdote, I'll make it driving related. Nice. I drove from Dorset to the southeast Ooh. Uh, in my Honda Civic Tourer. Oh, nice. yeah, was it car. reliable? Did it make the whole journey? Oh, it did, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, the road cars, perfect. They're super reliable, yeah. Oh, yeah, but I just wanted to say that the A303 is the best road in Britain. There, I've said it. Disagree. Well, disagree. Why? Come on in. What's your favourite road? Oh, uh, the A82 from Glasgow up towards Fort William is pretty spectacular. Don't M25 anti-clockwise? <laughs> Tell me, you can't drive. You shouldn't have been on the M25. They did stop. I was wandering across it, <laughs> naked after the dentist. Girl, I feel funny. <laughs> As is so often the way, apparently, we'll begin with Listener's Corner, the part of the show where we ask you what you think about F1 goings-on, and then immediately regret asking you when you actually tell us. This week's discussion was unsurprisingly dominated by the race in Australia. We turn first to Twitter. Mike Greeno probably how you say it, sum things up succinctly saying, I thought it was fucking dull. Nick Shuley agreed, a total snooze fest with a glimmer of hope that Ferrari can hang in there in 2017. He also noted there's quite a gap between teammates in a lot of teams. Well, I, uh, was it dull? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Yes. This is the first time I've really started to feel my age because <laughs> I felt ill on Sunday. I got up at five to watch the race and by about the race start, I felt like sick oh, did you watch all the build up as well then because the See, clocks went forward the cl- I didn't understand yeah. the clocks going forward I don't get it I was there thinking will my phone update itself always yes I d- do, why yeah. do people worry about this oh. it was shitty timing by F1 wasn't it is it oh. just in the UK that that happens or is it global I don't, I don't know no it is it, well no it's in certain parts of Western Europe I believe I spent the whole night worrying I was going to miss it and then in hindsight I should have just missed it should we try and focus on some positives well, I think it was a very good race to read about. <laughs> <laughs> there was like a six-minute highlight on the F1 YouTube Yeah, it was uh, a kind of fascinating page. kind of, oh, this is going to be a good year because Mercedes didn't, normally when Mercedes don't win a race in the last few years, it's been because they've screwed up and they've crashed or their car's buggered. And this is the first time where there's been a genuine Ferrari were just quicker than them. They won the race fair and square. That's fascinating to read in the paper the next day. Watching it unfold, whoo! Remember last year we were like, oh, they're going to be five seconds quicker, nobody cares, we won't be able to tell on TV. I take it back slightly. I thought they did actually look pretty cool when they were wanging around. I think the cars look cooler now, and when they're wanging around the corners, I thought they did look faster and a bit better. Am I alone in no, that? No, I agree, and I do agree, because I didn't think the wider and shorter cars and all this would make a difference, but there is something about them. They look like 
fat tyres. They look good, don't they? They oh, look really cool. They do look I have to say. Cars. Best yeah. looking for for a while since probably since ooh, the mid V8s, maybe even the V10s. I don't and know. I, acc I accidentally looked at a picture of a car from couple. You know the car with the the penis noses oh, yes. a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Which oh, were you, did you see the, those cars? The, I think yes. I know what you mean. Oh, yeah. just like what was going on and just compare the two right, we are now. in heaven I'm yeah, convinced yeah. they scrape the ground more often as well loads of sparks well, they did, yeah on. they deliberately started doing that a few years ago didn't they they put the little metal strips on the bottom so they would deliberately spark I like that's that. kind of like just theatre they don't need to have those that's but great. I like that they do but yeah. I mean, they do need to have them because well, it makes the when, show you're, when you're dozing off that's what you just, oh what was that oh was just, yeah. we'll move on just to contrast Nick's pessimism Nate Petrulia said, I truly think Ferrari can hang with the Mercs. Vettel successfully overcut Hamilton and had no issue holding him off. Gonna be a fun year, he says. Yeah. Slightly overstating it. No, I think I think <laughs> I think we should get rid of this overcut phrase. Under yeah, where's that come from? Because a few years ago they made up this brand new phrase from nowhere saying undercut, which is not That's uh, a haircut from uh, the nineties. Yeah, oh I'd say early I'd say late eighties. It's a bit of a goth. Oh, cut. It might be. Well there you go. It's where one driver goes into the pits for another driver. It's a dangerous it's, manoeuvre it's on the motorway. To, it's, it's down to who pits first. Yeah. So now that used to be if you, you get, pit first and you, you do advantage. well, you've got the undercut. If you pit later and do well, you've got the overcut. Is that right? But then what? That's meaningless. Oh, it's, that's just saying if you pit, whoever wins wins. I mean, that was the most interesting part of the race, right? That bit you're that's talking the about. The only interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, it's the only bit I can remember. It, it is nice that I'm Ferrari so can hang with the Mercs. I mean, I'm in fact, so Ferrari tired. <laughs> We're putting this on the Monday and I'm still tired. <laughs> You're jet lagged. You didn't even I've go got, there. Exactly. Didn't even have the fun of duty free. That'd be good. If like, I've got, I got like a narrow TV subscription for the week. It'd be great if just in the post I got like 300 fags. It's an unusual marketing ploy by Sky. <laughs> I think it, it is nice that, that Ferrari are genuinely as quick as the Mercs. Well, I don't know if you noticed that, chaps, Australia was uh, notable for the fact that the fans swarmed the track after the race, but uh, before all the cars were safe tucked in the uh, park Fermi. Jan Michael, who probably wants that pronounced more French-like, said, uh, great to see fans out on the track. F1 would be vastly improved if they banned the words safety and danger. Well, I wouldn't ban the words because <laughs> it's more the actions we're talking about. Like, they just went, okay, we've, we've done this on <clears throat> grounds, then it's, it's pointless. Well, if we talk about that, though, if you ban both safety and danger, surely that's, that's a paradox. That's everything. <laughs> Or nothing. <laughs> Suddenly we're in purgatory. I'm not the kind of person that says health and safety gone mad and political correctness gone mad, etc. But that thing where you're going, oh, there's people on the track, someone could get hurt. It's like, no one got hurt. The drivers, when there are people on the track, slow down. People have been hurt in the past. Yeah, but not on the end of the race. Not probably during the if run you wander, if you But somebody, some fucking idiot will, won't they? Yeah, but if you just yeah, let people on, some blundering idiot trying to get a selfie or just wander in front of a McLaren... And, and hit the McLaren, and the McLaren will, of course, <laughs> yeah, then break down. There'll be no damage to that. <laughs> but surely the punishment of getting hit by a car is worse than... You're not going to do it again, are you? I'm no, not so. sure the circuit's insurance company would agree with you on that one. Over on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash 4F1's sake, Wes Paul Stops. That's actually his name. Anyway, he said, I forgot how much Lewis whines during a race. However, Mark Stokes responded, all drivers give feedback like that to engineers. Lewis gets aired more. I never know why people criticise a highly competitive person for being upset when they don't win. It's literally their job. Objectively, I trust Lewis Hamilton. If he says, I can't overtake this guy, he's someone who we know can overtake. He's not, you know, he doesn't shy away from overtaking. So if he says he can't, then we should go, okay, 
Fair it's enough. a genuine we'll problem. It's just not somebody. Yeah. But the fact is, he said it in a way that made it look as though I didn't even try. It's like you're going, "Oh, could you, uh, would you be all right to uh, clean the kitchen for me?" Is that no? Not gonna happen. Could you actually just, you know, swipe a surface? No, I can't do it. I can kind of understand that because you could see, even to my, you know, fairly useless eye, I could see on the onboard shots when they're going around behind somebody and they they turn the car to go into the corner and instead of darting towards the apex, they just sort of wash wide. You could see the car's front end not working through the corners. I mean, I know Albert Park is not noted as a circuit for overtaking particularly, but it doesn't bode well for the rest of the season, does it? I've got a feeling it's going to be a year where if Mercedes and Ferrari are both on top of their game, it's going to be one of those ones where a circuit's going to suit one car or the other. So it'll be, oh, next race, Ferrari are stronger, they'll win. The race after that, Mercedes will win. I think it's going to be a championship of numbers. Which is fine, but if it's all done in the pits and qualifying, yeah, we're back be. to the bad old days, aren't we? It's going to be I wonder, if, I wonder if they're going to... I mean, we'll talk more about uh, later on about Ross saying he's going to fiddle with stuff, but I wonder if they might lengthen the DRS zones, because even DRS didn't seem to make much difference. Yeah. Alan David, spelt A-L-U-N, in this, that's a typo. I can't stand people said, that spell their names weirdly. Anyway, he said no overtaking, one-stop races, awful T-bar winglets. Write this year off and bring on 2018 when Ross Braun will make everything right. The driver market will get a good shake-up and McLaren will be back on form with a Mercedes engine. No, they won't, Alan. Alun. Alun. They will not be with Mercedes. They will be with Honda. It will be a disaster. Oh, just look at Williams now. Maybe in five years we'll be able to go, oh, isn't it great that McLaren are fourth? Williams didn't get as far as fourth. Wouldn't that be great, though? <laughs> <laughs> the T-wings and the shark fins are just stupid. See, I don't mind them. I, the T-wings look a bit funny. I don't mind the shark fins. I quite like them. Can you explain this to me? Yeah, you know the bit on the back of the engine covers? It used to be, and, and this will come across really well on an audio podcast, you know the way that the engine covers used to go like oh, that? Oh, I see, and yes. And then down like that, and yeah. then into the rear wing. Sure. Now they just go They used to be like, like a seven. It's like there's a big... St- like they oh, I know. So they're almost Batmobile-esque, right? I, yes. Like it goes... It just yeah, keeps yeah. going a straight I'd line. rather like it. it, it, it it's something like they it. used to have in the World Endurance Championship, uh, and the cars on there had them, and I thought they looked quite cool on them. And I quite like them now. But the tea the tea things on the top... They just look like coat hangers. They yeah. look like someone's put a suit on too quick from the dry cleaners, and there's a sort of hook hanging yeah. out the back. Or they've just jammed like. a rake in the top, or, you know, they want to... Could be. Apparently, though, these these uh, shark fins are causing a problem, because they're saying that when, they, when a car spins, if it gets to a certain point do a flip you can't get back from the spin well that's good surely should we should we should use some epic drifts or where's Will Stevens crashes him? Jocelyn Palmer's crash Ricardo's off in qualifying apparently that was because when you get to a certain point you can't get it back because the the shark fin is uh, like a sail I'm or sure something. I'm sure Jolien Palmer's crash was because of the sail in other news global fan survey Phil yeah there's a global fan survey this is run by um, we've always been bitching that F1 is elitist and never listens to us. Well, now we can have our say. I mean, I want to try the Dyson one, but it's so expensive. Uh, uh, so this is run by the motorsport.com uh, network, which does motorsport.com, funnily enough, and Autosport and some other stuff. Basically, this is a chance for everybody around the world to have their say on what's going on with F1. It's a survey. It takes 15 minutes to do. I did it this afternoon. And it's like every aspect. It's like, what's going on the track? How do you watch TV or online? What do you want to see? What do you want to see about the rules? Yada, yada. Do you support particular teams? All this kind of stuff. And it lets you... Last time they did it, they got about 300,000 responses or something. It, it produces a report that will then go to the powers that be, the teams, the FIA, Liberty Media, and it's actually an opportunity for us to have our say and be heard rather than just sort of bitching on Twitter or recording some sort of satirical podcast. I'd actually really recommend that, that people take part. And 
you also get a three-month subscription free to F1 Racing if you do it. And we're not affiliated with them in any way, I should say now. But I just thought it was quite nice. I would have done it anyway, but I was like, ooh, free stuff. Uh, so where do we all need to go to then for, for that? Well, you need to go to the uh, Information Superhighway, or mm-hmm. Internet, as I believe it's called. Type in HTTPS. You don't need to type in that bit. Colon slash slash. It's F1 Survey. Is it all in lowercase? All lowercase. <laughs> F1 Survey. That's F and then the digit one, survey, oh, .motorsport.com. And that will sort you right out. And we can all have our say. And I reckon within a couple of years, F1 will be, just like Terry, perfect. Okay, the second of three stories now. Ross Braun says everything will be okay, presumably in F1. I hope so. Well, it's Ross Braun. I don't think that it's going to be easy. They're in a bit of a honeymoon period right now. Everyone's going, oh, we got rid of Bernie, yay! Everybody sing, the witch is dead. And what's going to happen is Ferrari get a lot of money just for turning up. And Ross Braun and Luigi Media are basically saying to Ferrari, can you give some of that money back? Or so if anyone can persuade him, I mean, Ross Braun is like a legend of Ferrari, he can persuade him. Every, basically, basically, this story is everyone's favourite uncle of F1. Is he's going to take action to sort out the dullness we've seen in Australia? He's come out and said, uh, I swear it in Autosport, we might have said it to someone else, that they're going to take action. They're not just going to sit by and put in random stupid qualifying or something. They're going to sit down, they're going to look at what's not good and change it. It might not happen straight away because there's a load of contracts in place, and as we all know, contracts very important and also worthless, but also very important. And I, I trust in him. In Braun, we trust. But to counteract that, this week, Ferrari didn't release their drivers for any kind of press conferences. Well, I quite like that because they always speak nonsense. I mean, anyway. the press conferences are boring, but it feels to me that Ferrari are starting to weaponize their drivers. <laughs> <laughs> when they start to get some negotiations and say, "Right, Ferrari, you've got to be more, you know, got to be more part of things. You're going to take less money just for being old." They're going to be like, "Right, well, you're never going to see these two again." <sighs> well, this has been talked about before. When you remember ages ago, Ferrari threatened to pull out. Would we really miss them? I wouldn't. I mean, I prefer, I prefer they didn't go, but I think F1 would continue fine without Ferrari. I'm not speaking with a voice of authority here, but I mean, it's Ferrari. Oh, you are now. You're on. You're on a, for F1 saying. But it's Ferrari. It is yeah. Ferrari. But oh god, they they were such whingers. I I I've, I might have spoken about this on the podcast before. I've certainly spoken about it in real life before. Ferrari annoyed the crap out of me. I don't like the way they do the business. I, like, I don't like the way they're so ridiculously arrogant. If you try and test their cars, it's a lot of hoops you jump through. But then the problem is that, at least with their road cars, you jump in the cars and you go, God damn it, this is absolutely brilliant. And so uh, I, I would like to see Ferrari taken down a peg or two. I, I understand they're massively important for, for automotive in general and for F1 and they're the longest serving team and all this kind of stuff, but it's got to be a level playing field, surely. Yeah, but then you've got the problem, they just want to race. So all their arrogance is... is, is well, they've won one race. Yeah, but they, it's the first, the first time they've been in front of the championship, or anybody who's been in front of the championship apart from Mercedes in like four years. I know, something. but last year was a good year to knock them down, like kick them while they're down. This year, they're going to be like going, oh, well, puffing their chests up because they, they're winning. Also, I'll be careful what you say because they sound like a bit of a dictatorship. I mean, holding the uh, drivers back from a press conference sounds like something Trump would do. I mean, that's only really an issue for Vettel, isn't it? I mean, are we going to miss Kimi? On a personal note, there is a slight issue is that uh, when the Chinese Grand Prix is on, I'm going to be in Italy. So just... What's going on with all the presenters going away? I'm just saying that I'm going to be in Italy. So if they've heard this and they've heard me say rude things about them you're going in a boot you're going in a boot just be a prancing horse's head on the bed <laughs> finally Bernie's been bitching 
typical. We thought we'd seen the end of him, didn't we? Bernie did seem to go very quietly. And, and then we realised, oh, he wasn't going quietly at all. He was well, as, you, <laughs> as you, you pointed out on Twitter, suddenly when, uh, when, when everyone came in, none of the timing worked. And you speculated that that was Bernie saying, yeah, you didn't pay for that. Oh, yeah, didn't Yeah, that's an extra, <laughs> an extra million if you want the captions. Yeah, come on. Um, but no, he, he was quiet for a while and then he's come out and started talking to a load of papers and just been really quite mean girls about everything. Uh, basically said the new owners want to, quote, erase him from history. Who? Might be a little bit strong. Uh, no, it's not. We're, we're talking about Bernie, not uh, not last year's F1 world champion that we don't talk about anymore. <laughs> Going back to Bernie, who we can talk about, uh, he said, and another quote: "In F1, we've been running a five. Ashley, should we get? Can you want, have you done a Bernie impression? Can you do a Bernie impression? Oh, he just talks in riddles. Oh, well, yeah, I just do a bit of. Uh, in F1, we've been running a five-star Michelin restaurant, not an hamburger joint, but maybe now the cuisine will be more accessible. Maybe I'll even have a better taste." Bernie Eccleston there. I don't, know how, I don't know how someone with that voice can make that much money, but then Alan Sugar. So. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's true. Um, he, yeah, he basically says... So we uh, say now it's going to be more accessible and nicer. Well, I don't know. It depends. I mean, what a, he says he's been running a five-star Michelin restaurant. A, I don't think there is a five-star Michelin restaurant. They only give out one star at a time. I don't think there's anywhere with more than three. It depends which ha- kind of hamburger joint Liberty Media want to make F1 into. If we're talking McDonald's, yeah, not that bothered. But if we're talking like Five Guys, they're pretty good. Byron. In-N-Out Burger. Burger Fuel, if you're from the Middle East or New Zealand, it's they're all good. Many. It's too many. Burger King. I'd, I'd be quite up for a Wimpy. sort of fairly gourmet, quite Wendy's. expensive burger place. Um, GBK. Marks no, and Spencer's do I'll nice go burgers. i Wimpy. You get a plate. Oh, God, yeah, plate. And do, do they do really? square burgers? Squirgers? I don't know. Squirgers? Is that, what <laughs> Is that really what they're called? That is That's a new product. Now. You're going to make millions. Squirgers <laughs> and squashages. Uh, you can tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1 Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1 Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. <laughs> Back to the Australian Grand Prix, and let's talk about the teams. We'll start with Ferrari. Ooh. Those bags under Vettel's eyes uh, were not made of sand after all. The Ferrari, one of them at least, has true pace and beat the Mercedes on merit. Is this enough for a title challenge? Will Kimi wake up? Possibly no. They're doing they did good. Well, yeah. they won. Well, Vettel did. The holes were away through testing. They didn't say anything and just kind of were getting on with it, and everyone was like, oh, this is unlike them. Normally, they... They say lots and are a bit rubbish. So, you know, they've really twisted their formula around. Yeah. And they were good. And as much as I dislike Ferrari, except for the Italians that I'm going to be with next week, I think it's good for the sport that it's not a definite Mercedes win. Somebody wrote in earlier whose name I've forgotten, who, who, who sort of pointed out that there was a bit of a gulf between the teammates. That was especially true of Ferrari. Vettel looked great, but Raikkonen was a bit... Where did he finish again? Fourth. Fourth. Right. But never really looked like troubling Bottas in the slightest. But fourth in a car that was easily fourth without trying. Yeah, sort of the, the next best team was Red Bull, one of which didn't work all weekend. Exactly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it, this is Raikkonen's last year in Formula 1, Next year, Giovinazzi in the second Ferrari. Should but we be uh, Should we be uh, preparing a new T-shirt? No, 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 no. I don't fancy him. But, <laughs> but why would that mean you fancy him? Because he's replaced Pascal Wehrlein, who I do fancy. But but last time, last time a rookie came in and did quite well. <laughs> we 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 jumped on him. I mean, not literally Hang because on, he's is, not here. This but. is a very different podcast now. <laughs> um, we no. did a T-shirt and a slogan and everything. It's a hashtag, Terry. A hashtag. 
Yeah, Stoffel Ruffles got a hashtag, but what's the Giovinazzi hashtag? His name does end in Nazi. <laughs> Let's move on to Mercedes. Bottas didn't embarrass himself, and Hamilton let the race slip through his new nose piercing. A fluke or a return to the tyre woes that plagued Mercedes a few years ago? I think this is a good point. <laughs> I think it is. Um, Mercedes were rubbish on their tyres when they came back, and they'd always be really good in qualifying, and then tyres were a bit rubbish. I think... Because Lewis got through his tyres very quickly, even these new fancy grippy tyres. I was going to say. He wore them out. Yeah, I thought the tyres were supposed to last forever. Yeah. And Mercedes have always been fine with tyres. No, no. And now the tyres are good. Remember when it was Schumacher back in, in and they'd qualify well, and then in the race they'd be nowhere because their tyres were screwed. Oh, that's a good point. Were the yeah. tyres the same then as they've been for the last couple of years? Or did they change them? I'd lose track. Kind of round. Doing to same colour. That's about the only similarity. Yeah. But, but still, but Pirelli apparently have made tyres that work, and that's another issue that it looks like we're just going to get for on one one pit stop races. But yeah, oh. it's a bit weird. He was moaning. The car looked really. I mean, he was so far ahead in qualifying, and then in the race he finished pretty much ten seconds behind Vettel. Wasn't the and main problem though that he got stuck behind Verstappen? Well, that was a bit of an issue. But then, I mean, he was only behind Verstappen for a few laps, and that was the reason that Vettel jumped him in the pits. But then it was pretty much a straight fight, and and Vettel just went away. I just had this shudder of remembering like all those Ferrari Schumacher years with James Allen commentating, where the whole race was the bit where they'd come out of the pits and you'd be like, oh, so-and-so is in front in the pit stops. Oh, he's just come out in front of Raikkonen. Oh, he's just come out behind him. Oh, that's all the excitement for the week. I can't do it. Now we've got Vettel winning again. We've got the finger back. He didn't come up with some stupid, pre-prepared nonsense that he used to do every time he won. Like, yes, yes, and yes again. None of that, thankfully. But are we going to... They better get their arse in gear because I don't want Vettel to keep winning. I just want Raikkonen to win a race. That'd be really he nice. Won't. He, he won't can't win. Bothered. We're talking about Ferrari again. Um, Bottas, though, he did all right. I suppose he did all right. I mean, it's his first race with a new with a new team. Apparently, and his gap to Hamilton in qualifying was less than he who shall not be named's gap to Hamilton last year. You mean? <laughs> Can we talk about that guy on Instagram all weekend? He has just been. Oh, sending pictures of him like yes. watching the Formula One and being like, oh, oh, guys, I've got to get up really early. You guys go through it all, this kind of stuff. And it's like, do you know what? You've resigned. You've retired. Fuck off. What was weird about that is that actually, I'm going to call him Voldemort just because it's going to be easier. Um, I don't know what that's a reference He can't be named. Who took the picture? Did you get a photographer in specifically to take pictures of you for Instagram to post while the race is That's going That's a good on? point. Yes, is a short answer. That's Those really weird. Those kinds of people do that. Oh they my do God. that. Also, it was interesting that he was in his front room. And his front room's a massive state. What's going on there? A, it's tiny. I suppose he lives in Monaco. But he's quite rich. I thought he'd have a big front room. Also, he has his telly directly in front of the window. Which is ridiculous, because you'll get all the light in backlighting the telly. You're not going to be able to see this picture properly. You, Guy's an idiot. You know what you could do, though? You mm. could unfollow him on Instagram. Well, I think I might do, because we're, we're not talking about him anymore. Yeah. And yet we're talking about him. Should we move on to Red Bull? Go as well. Everyone was waiting on some uh, genius updates to push the Red Bull to the top of the timesheets. Instead, there was a host of bad luck and a slightly shit car. What's going on, chaps? What, what is, going, is on? going on? I saw a shot of Ricardo not smiling. Jesus. Things are bad. What I don't understand, this year, it's an aero-defined rulebook. And Adrian Newey, designer of the Red Bull, loves aero. And he's spent a couple of years off designing sailboats for the America's Cup. He's come back to Formula One because there's a new aero thing. And everyone's like, 
Oh, genius. Oh, sire, what will you give us with our car this year? What will be the innovation that will make us all go, oh, it's witchcraft? Is everyone at Red Bull a medieval sir? Pretty much. <laughs> and so the car comes in for testing, and it's simple. It's so simple. And everyone's going, fuck, this is clever. It's so simple because at the Australian Grand Prix, they're going to put the clever shit on. So they're just, they're just testing their basic car, and then the clever shit's going to come. It's going to be like a, a lever that flaps up during the straight and then just beams checkered flags everywhere, anything. <laughs> and then the car comes to Australia, and there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's just the Emperor's boring. got no clothes on. Adrian Newey's got no hair. <laughs> Was there, was there seriously an expectation for something quite uh, Honestly, profound on the car? Everyone, he, if Adrian Newey has designed every car he's ever touched, just wins everything. He's worked for like three teams and he always designs four teams. He always designs all the cars that win. He's always got some trick up his sleeve. Everyone was convinced. You almost think in Red Bull they were like, all right, Adrian, um, can we just... <laughs> no, seriously. Because last, last couple of years, everyone was like, well, the only reason they're not winning is because the Renault engine's bollocks. Yeah. And in fairness to them, it still seems a little bit bollocks. But it didn't seem like the problems were entirely Renault's. Sorry, Tank Hoyer's fault. Yeah, don't know. It's shocking to me. Anyway, Danny Rick, what shit weekend for him in his home race. And he did apparently he did like 18 hours a day of media in the run-up to the race. Well, everyone was why. so excited about him. And then literally from the very beginning... Fell of asleep at the wheel. <laughs> How many, how many laps did he manage before he... Uh, well, he out? was two laps late to come out. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to be fashionably late to an it, F1 He did half an out lap, broke down, got pushed back to the garage again, came out two laps after the race had started. And not and forgetting there was the died. aborted start, which is weird. Like, this is a truly, in qualifying. a truly F1 thing. First lap of the first race of the year, all the cars are lining up. This is the bit that's going to go on social media. It's going to go on all the news headlines. It's the first race. And then they go, I want to bought the start. We're not sure what's going on. Everyone go around slowly. We'll do it in a minute. Well, did, you like, what, fuck's sake. did you hear what the reason was? No. Apparently a marshal had like, lent on a button that uh, sounded an alert or something like that. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. This is the highly professional world of F1. I think a smoke alarm's going off somewhere. <laughs> Quick, everyone, stop. Has everyone got their seatbelts on? But Verstappen did all right. Yeah. Yeah. Where did he come? I don't know. Fifth. Fourth? Fifth? fifth. No, fourth. Fifth. 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 Did he come fifth? fifth? Yeah, six seconds behind Raikkonen, who was himself ten seconds behind Bottas. Here we go. This is the start of, as I've always predicted, the <laughs> mediocrity of Max Verstappen. Oh, you're turning, you're, you're turning the, once again back to Verstappen's overrated, are you? It's just... I yeah, thought we'd convert. He was exciting. Year. He had some exciting moments. Now he's going to have a year of being in the midfield, and he's going to get grumpy. Everyone's going to go off him. I called it. I was going to say, without an explanation, I'm with you. Thank you. Williams. Best of the rest, with an old man and little boy driving, was a behind the top three finish the best they could hope for? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> I think Williams should be sponsored by Werther's Original. <laughs> what? Well, explain. Because <laughs> is this because Massa's an old man? Massa's like a granddad, and on his lap is Lance Stroll <laughs> going. <laughs> Have you got another sweet granddad? Let me I've tell you. I can let afford me tell you about Ayrton Senna. <laughs> In all fairness, that car would look amazing. As it like a Werther's original sponsored car that would, would be look quite a cool so entry. good. The, the pack does have a little wavy line. If you get the, the multi pack, yeah. Let's get, and the sweets <laughs> themselves, <laughs> the sweets themselves are quite aerodynamic, aren't they? They've got a little speed dimple in the yeah, middle. Yeah. Great. Get on the phone, Williams. Anyway, well, Massa did quite well for a man that retired. He retired because he was shit, and he's past his best. And then. First race back, he does the best of the rest. Yeah. And Stroll retired from the race. Or, sorry, took a sabbatical for the race. Oh, no, that's button, isn't it? Stroll, you know, there was a bit where he's trying to overtake someone, and I could just imagine him getting his dad to wire a million dollars. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was Giovinazzi, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Team Radio, Giovinazzi, you've got a million dollars in your bank account. Uh, I'll let him out of the way then. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'm not a fan of Stroll. Do you know what he looks like now? A couple yeah. of episodes ago, you didn't know what he looked like. Charchi from Happy Days. They've got one massively no. inexperienced driver and one massively over-experienced driver. They cancel each other out. Yeah. But They've a potentially very lucrative new sponsor. Werther's. Yeah. Calling exactly. it. Sauber. Bit wobbly for Sauber. Ericsson shunted off at the start, but Giovinazzi was impressive in qualifying and the early parts of the race. Will he be back this year? There's some dodgy conspiracies going on. In, so, in F1? In F1, just in general. Like, apparently, um, in the world. Steel, Snowden, steel being on melt. So Verline had a big crash, race of champions, hurt his neck, missed the first test, then said, I'm back for the race, did the practice, and then just kind of went, oh, oh, my neck's a bit sore. I'll just, I'll just skip the race, get someone else in. Oh, Giovinazzi's free, blah, blah, blah. And everyone on Twitter, which, you know, means something these days because of Donald Trump, um, has been saying that's a bit weird. You know, Formula 1 drivers normally race with injuries because they don't want to be sh- showing any weakness. They're like, yeah, but he's a like bit bears. of a diva though, isn't he, Verline? I know you love him, but he's he's proper hoity. When they said he had to withdraw, I did. Um, <coughs> anyway, so the... <laughs> he's not fit, Terry. He was declared fit officially, then he had to withdraw. He's not fit. I saw the crash. The crash is pretty bad, right? Is this the it one in, actually, the, in the three-wheeled car? Weird yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird crash because he, his helmet... he drove like a his, bell end and His helmet's quite exposed, and well, he really rubs it up against the next guy. <laughs> so they're saying that he's been moved aside because Giovinazzi is a young Ferrari driver. He's part of the Ferrari Academy. They've said Ferrari have been saying they want to get an Italian back in the team. So if they push some money Sabre's way and gone, just let him drive. And then he got in and he was good. He nearly beat Ericsson in qualifying. He did look good, didn't he? And he was good. He did all right. Where did he finish? 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 Uh, I mean, he was way down. uh, 14th. Because the car's rubbish. I put you on the spot. He was last but one. 14th? Two laps down. uh, 12th out of 13 finishes. That's a total guess. I mean, it's nice to have an Italian back. Two away. It's nice to have an Italian back. Is it not? Yeah, yeah, but you're you're not taking to him in the manner that you took to Stoffel Roffel. Our last. That's something different with Stoffel. Stoffel's got Stoffel's got the X factor. All right, well, he did well, and we'll probably never see him again. Uh, Force India, the pink worked. The team with the best of the rest of the rest after Williams. Uh, what more could they have done? I thought they were going to be a bit rubbish this year, but they've got both cars on the points. Well done. Haas. We'll move on to them. Uh, Grosjean was looking good all weekend until the car stopped working. Magnussen was looking terrible until the car stopped working. A trend there. What's going on with Magnussen? He's always been a bit rubbish. Uh, He was better than Palmer. (laughs) So? I mean, how shit is Palmer? If Magnussen has kept on a solid level and he's now compared to Grosjean and just looks like a complete amateur, how terrible must Palmer must be? Which means how good must the Renault car must be? Well, we'll see. There's too many musts in that. There's too many. There's too many musts. musts. Um, Grosjean qualified the car in sixth. It's tremendous. The best they've ever done. Best ever. That was the news. That that was the news of the day, wasn't it? With the qualifying, yeah. And was looking actually pretty good until it stopped working. Yeah, some kind of brake issue, water Um, leak. Yeah, and Magnussen wasn't very good. But you know that Haas looks all right. Renault. Pretty sure that's how you say it. Palmer yep. took all the joy from his first name by whining all weekend about his car in the, uh, in front of mechanics that rebuilt the car. He crashed. Hulk was beaten by his old team. Did he make the right move? Ooh, well, it's a long-term game for the Hulk. You know, that Renault's not going to be good this year, but next year it might be. But still, it must we have hurt. We did say that last year. We thought them, that they might have been better this year. I yeah, thought they might have been better thought, this year. Yeah, I thought a lot They're of not looking brilliant, although I don't think they're helped by Palmer. I, I rate Hulkenberg quite highly. I think Hulkenberg should come If he can his get own. his mojo. Palmer, however, 
What a... I mean, we're talking about Hamilton whining. Let's spend Jesus. a moment to talk about Palmer. So he did like 12 laps in practice before his car buggered. Then he did well, he an- another... into a wall. Then he had another... Pra- the next practice session, he crashed his car ah. and could not... He never admits responsibility for a crash. He never says, guys, I fucked up. He just went, oh, the car just went on me. Oh, I don't know what's... <laughs> I don't know what it is. I was doing everything right, but the car was wrong, actually. Then it was on. there was an interview with him, because in qualifying, his car wasn't working properly, and he was just there, stood in front of his mechanics, just going, well, the thing is, the car wasn't right. It just wasn't, they just didn't do a good job. They're just rubbish. And it's just, you go, they, they stood there. They've worked all night for you, and you're just there going, oh, it's their fault. But, I mean, we've always said that we, you know, we hate this sort of, oh, the guys did a great job, and I just want to thank the team. I mean, he's done the opposite to that. What do we want? Oh, God, you've got me on a spot there, actually. Yeah, you see. If it was anyone else but Palmer. Then I want him to go further. I want him to pick out individuals and go, this is Mike, he does a suspension. Fucked it up. Poor Mike. <laughs> Mike, if you're listening, we love you. But you did fuck up the suspension. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Toro Rosso. The boys in shiny blue and red finished in the points and split the pink Force Indias. Can they climb up? No, because they're a fucking car. They're a fucking good-looking car, though. But, uh, yeah, there was a bit of a... Uh frothing incident it's yeah so Kvyat, our driver of the year Kvyat is only 24 is he really I know we all talk about how young Verstappen is Kvyat's 24 I mean that's quite old Stroll is only 18 what's old for F1 that's a good question Nigel Mansell won his last race at the age of 41 I read today that's, that's quite in, old that is, that is impressive yeah. but Lance Stroll is 4 4 he's 14 4 um, is just ridiculous Verstappen's what 19 now 18 19 so the drivers are getting younger I had a bit of a moment this week where I bought the Formula One racing magazine to go through, you know, crib up before the race started. You paid for it. You could get it free if you do the survey. I actually paid money. It's on thick paper. And um, they had, like, the whole profiles of the drivers. I'm always quite proud of the fact that I've watched Formula One since 1989. That was the year that I first watched a race was the French Grand Prix in June 1989. And today I'm reading through the profiles and I see that Daniel Ricciardo was born in June 1989. Coincidence? Yes. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. I'm not saying there's a deeper conspiracy here. I'm just saying that I have been watching Formula One for as long as Daniel Ricciardo has been alive. Yeah. And a lot longer than most of the grid has been yeah, alive. Yeah, exactly. He's not even a young driver. How old Stroll? He's 18. Driving a car that fast at 18. I didn't know what the hell. So I was just depressed by finding out what year Lars Stroll was born in. No, because it was like he was he would have been born in 1999. 1998. Oh. 29th October 1998. That's after I left school. That's after I started university. That was a French World I Cup. I remember hate that. Troll. Depressing. And look, it? he looks like Charchi. He does look like Charchi. We were we were talking <laughs> about Toro Rosso. Any more to add to that? This race, it was like the you got the top teams. You got the Mercedes, your Red Bull, your Ferrari, and they keep saying the midfield is going to be the tight pack of uh, everyone else is coming together. So it's Williams, Force India, and Toro Rosso this week. Filled out the rest of the points. Will it be those teams every every time? It'll be intriguing to see how they. It lo- it's looking like based based on on one race that they're going to be battling with the with the Force Indias. Uh, they both finish next to each other, eighth and ninth in the points. I mean, okay, there were a lot of atrocities. Not atrocities. What's <laughs> the word? What's the word? I'm Genocide. For? I don't know. What happened? What word? What word? What's, what's the word for? I'm looking for? When lots of people didn't finish. Oh, just it, just it was quite bad. Yeah. Oh, atrocity. <laughs> Use it in a sentence. <laughs> there were a lot of people who didn't finish. But I still, you know, they finished. They finished in the points. Atrophy? Let's move on to McLaren, shall we? <laughs> I think we'd better. Alonso said it was the best performance of his life. Bless him. <laughs> uh, Van Dorn, in his second ever race, didn't say that. What's going on? 
Oh, McLaren. Well, let's, should we talk about Alonso? He did actually say he felt it was one of the best drives of his life uh, as he pootled around in 10th and then failed to finish when the That's car That's interesting because it sounds like a lie, doesn't it? Yeah, well, no. I mean, it's a sign of how shit the car is that he drove out of his skin and then the car broke down. And interestingly enough, the car broke down not because of the engine. Uh, or at least his didn't. Anyway, it broke down according according to the uh, the results that I'm looking at here on Autosport. He broke down because of floor, just depression. <laughs> it's just the car is so depressed. Going, I can't believe <laughs> this is what's happening. He's still seen as the best driver on the grid. He's got a dog of a car that he can get into tenth. So That's now. impressive. And he said, like, I don't know how I got it there. Basically, yeah. And the problem is, this is just depressing. They're going to be last, aren't they? Yeah. This is a track. That hasn't got very long straights, and you can actually probably, an Alonso can push it up the grid. It was woefully slow on the straights. Yeah, the next race has got lots of long straights, oh, yeah. and the Honda engine doesn't really have any top speed. Yeah. That's if it can get to the end. Uh, Alonso <laughs> didn't get to the end. Uh, Stoffelroffel, however, did get to the end. Well, there you go. I mean, he was last, and two laps down. He sounds like a dessert. I'd um, have a lick. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't do this with every driver. I'm, not, I've, I'm quite selective. Um, How does this impact... Stoffel Roffel's charge to the 2017 title that we predicted last year well I mean he can still win the 2017 Formula 1 Drivers World Championship but he's going to have to switch teams <laughs> which I don't think it really happens very often in Formula 1 but you know Verstappen did it yeah so, did it. Yeah, so you know it could happen I was actually going to say if it, what you were saying about Alonso do you not think he would change teams. I mean, if he's if I he's think driving, if there was well. any way his contract would allow him, he'd be out of that door faster oh, really? than he could rip one off a few years ago. But he's got a bit of a history of being a little bit of a dick, and I think his chickens have come home to roost because uh, he left Ferrari in a sulk and went, "You're never going to win. I'm going to go to McLaren where we're going to win." And then, you know, and Ferrari immediately had a couple of bad years where it looked like you know McLaren wasn't a good option, but Ferrari wasn't doing very well. But now Ferrari are winning. He's Oh, he's going to be fuming. We have said before, I mean, I have plenty of time for Alonso now, and I do think he's one of the best drivers on the grid, but, I mean, we said before, we used to fucking hate him because oh, he was a such a twat. He's a total prick, but come on. He's, <laughs> he's had enough years in the doldrums. He needs, he needs a decent car. This is pathetic. And he's not going to get one. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Thank you very much. Okay, the Drivers' Championship is go. And in first place with 25 points is tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be Michael Schumacher. In second place, there's no way I can get past this guy with 18 points. In third place is Bottas saying, I got podiums for Williams. This is disappointing. Um, fourth place, if I was a racehorse, you'd be getting the shotgun ready. Fifth place, Terry was right. I'm in year three, mediocrity with 10 points. Sixth race, I'm 92, you know. Uh, seventh place, what? Isn't he younger than you? What, Massa? I don't care. You know. um, in, in, you know, in F1 years, he's 90. It's like dog years. He's 92. Um... Seventh, sink the pink. Eighth. <laughs> it's a snooker reference. I don't know why. Oh, is so, it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eight, Saints and Ain't So. Oh, I, 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 that's an so easy. That's a Weezer reference. Yeah. Um, ninth place is the FF1S Driver of the Year. <laughs> and in tenth place, oh, come on. Ocon, Ocon, come on. And the Constructors' Championship. <laughs> in first place with 37 points is, right, let's get a move on. This car's only good till June. <laughs> Second place, we wanted competition. We lied. 33 points. In third place, Adrian knew he's lost his favourite pencil. In fourth place, can see the other teams ahead. If you squint, fifth place is the Rinky Dink Panthers. And in sixth place, the livery alone is worth tenth of a second. 
Now it is time for the 2017 FF1S Grand Prix Fantasy League powered by Grid Rival. Over 140 of you have entered so far and you can still get involved. Terry, how do they do that? They go to the website, which we've got a special URL that I can't remember, but I control the website. So by the time this goes out, this new URL will work, which is <laughs> www.ff1s.com. Brilliant. Predictions, yeah. <laughs> which is spelled predictions hyphen Y-E-E-E-A-A-A-H-H. Isn't there a shorter version? Probably. Slash grid rival? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. ff1s.com slash grid rival. As last year, the team names are exactly what you would expect uh, from fans of this show. In at 135th place, original name creators and sore wrist sufferers, wankers, <laughs> tallying up zero points, yet more proof that wanking does in fact get you nowhere, <laughs> tiptoeing up the rankings of the 2017 FF1S Grand Prix Fantasy League powered by Grid Rival, past Alonso's penance and there's no Verstappen him. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's, I like those. That's the best one so far. They're good. A fish called Honda hold firm in 120th on the table, a full 14 places behind <laughs> Richmond Super Kings. The tobacco sponsor that never was. Flipping the bird at those smoking naysayers. Moving this along for everyone's sake, we get to 80th, filled by Vertankslappen. Oh, that's, that's a nice. good play on words. Yeah, I like that. AJP's Monkey Seat Emporium. <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> shit What the fuck is that? Awful name. No, I like it. I just don't understand it. A monkey seat's the little thing at the back. Oh, it's the thing on the tail, isn't it? where the monkey seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I'd like to be able to buy them from AJP's Monkey Seat Emporium. And Honda Pants. (laughs) Take us into the 30s and onto the big hitters where another F1 team name... Ooh. Wait a minute. ...swerved their hideously uncreative name into 31st place. Yeah. (laughs) Probable UKIP supporters spitfires at dawn. (laughs) Hang on, hang on, hang on. beers, maybe. Real ale fans? There's nothing wrong with a good Spitfire. I'm just saying. It's not necessarily a UKIP thing. Well, let's let them message in and and let us know for real. Uh, Just miss out on the top ten at 11th place while Flymo enters the pits. Is that a Honda reference? I don't know. And Salo Badir Irvine F1. Oh, now you're showing your inexperience here. Tell me. Salo Badoa Irvine F1. That's how it should be said. Take third, second and first, respectively. So... With that in mind, Phil, what the fuck is Chase Carey's moustache? Well, that's a, that's a reference to Chase Carey, who is the new Bernie. It's sort of gone from the mop to the tash. Oh. Uh, it's, it, basically, if you want to run F1, you've got to have some sort of hair-related feature. Can I jump in about Chase Carey? That <laughs> he, was, he was interviewed on the... He was at the race, obviously, and he's interviewed with this amazing, twirly, white moustache. And he's more American than I realised... Like his name's Chase. How American did you expect? But you him see to pictures be? of him, and you think, okay, I get that. Then I saw him. I saw him being interviewed, and I think he's animatronic. <laughs> he was. He was just like doing this kind of odd face. He's like going, "Well, the thing in Formula One is just going to be great," and he, everything was a bit odd. I think he's. A, I think he's. I think Bernie Eccleston's controlling him. Do you think he's a sort of? <laughs> do you think he's think been sort of reappropriated from like Madame Tussauds or something? like that? I think that? Yeah, he's from like Disney World or something. And as they've gone, <laughs> he right. used to be Abraham Lincoln. None of these views, of course, are endorsed by Grid Rival, the sponsors of the FF1S Grand Prix Fantasy League, powered by Grid Rival, which you can still join. By the way, this uh, little league. So Terry, oh. how do they do that? Go to this new URL ff1s.com. Um, what? So that's umhyphen wh U M hyphen W H A T. 
If you can get to our website, you can get to the predictions. That's, <laughs> you know, we, you, you, I trust you with the internet. And now, the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. So, new rules, fat tyres, low wings, most of the penis noses and Bernie have gone. It's a new dawn for F1, hallelujah. What? Don't mention that the race was pretty dull, but it can't be. Only it was. Despite everything, the Australian Grand Prix was a snooze fest of cars stuck behind other cars and unable to overtake. A problem that is so uniquely F1. Imagine a football match where the players can't actually shoot at the goal. Oh, we got near, but we couldn't do a kick. It's all down to aerodynamics, a purposely confusing technology that you can't see but makes F1 shit. Let me summarise. A car hits air and the aerodynamics of the front wing reshape the air to push down all over the car. That's why you get all the winglets and flicks. They are literally bullying the air into getting down before farting it all out the back. This this back air is now dirty, used, and a car too close behind won't be able to utilise these sloppy seconds so they've got to back off to get some more of the good stuff. Still not getting it? Right. The other week, I had a meeting, and as I got off the tube, I realised I had to poop real bad. Now, I've got a kind of IBS, and if I don't poop soon, there's a chance I will shit myself. Not saying this has happened before, but I'm also not saying it hasn't. Now, the only toilet I could find was at McDonald's, and this is where the analogy comes into play. If I'd have been the first person at Mackey D's that day, I would have found a pristine bog, freshly cleaned and with replenished tissues and soap. What I got was similar to what Lewis Hamilton getting stuck waiting whilst Verstappen was in there. Max had just left the bog and there was fresh piss all over the seat. The toilet itself was full of shitty tissue and everything was wet. My engineer was saying this was poop critical and I had to reply, there's no way I can get past this mess. (laughs) Although, unlike Hamilton, I did manage to shit. Just saying. (laughs) But don't worry, I have a solution. There are two solutions to this problem. One is easy and one is hard. The easy problem is to make front wings less complicated, but seeing as F1 has a permanent boner for flaps and elements, we'll have to go with option two, air cleaners. At the back of the rear wing will be some FIA-mandated apparatus that resets the air. Like a diffuser, it will straighten all the vortices and twiddly bits out and make everything smooth and not covered in piss. (laughs) This means a car behind will be able to get right up close. Job done. Yes, you could moan that this apparatus will be unwieldy and look ugly, but I just say to you, shark fins, cock noses and Ralph Schumacher. And that's all we've got time for is goodbye from Phil Draymond. So I just punched in ESPN's homepage and there's a picture of what looks like Hamilton and Vettel kissing. So we haven't had time to talk about that. That sounds like some celebrity scandal. I've already written the slash fiction. We've still got their helmets on. (laughs) And to Terry Saunders. We need to talk about hashtag merch at the track. We have a super fan, Bryce Davis on Twitter. Which sent us a picture of him at the Australian Grand Prix wearing one of our t-shirts. Oh, now hang on. Not what? just one of our t-shirts. Yeah, and then the next day, on the race day, wearing another of our t-shirts. Smashing so it out of the park. two t-shirts at a Formula 1 Grand Prix. So now, I want to set out a challenge to everyone listening. Can we get more than two t-shirts at a race? So if you're wearing a t-shirt <laughs> one at of our a race... T-shirts. Yeah, one of our t-shirts. <laughs> not just a t-shirt. It's, it's not just t-shirts at the track. <laughs> that's, that's quite easy to get. Send a picture with hashtag merch at the track. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about Donald Trump's favourite race, the Chinese Grand Prix. That sounded massively racist. No, I was trying to sound like Trump. Oh, okay. <laughs> in the meantime, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Get yourselves over to iTunes and leave a comment and then knock on a stranger's door and tell them in detail about Honda. And us, of course. I've been Ollie Pitt. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.